Welcome back to the Blue by 90 podcast. On today's episode, we have Cam from the Michigan Wave join us, and we talk about his Instagram page and what's going on in the Michigan sporting world. Uh, we also talk about the Milton and McCaffrey debate again. So uh, make sure you go and like and subscribe and share on wherever you're listening from today and head over to our YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter accounts and follow us there at Blue by 90. Thanks and go blue. This is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan! Welcome to Blue by 90, your Michigan Wolverines podcast. I'm Kalen, joined by Jack, Nate, and Roe. And today we have our special guest, Cam from Michigan Wave. Cam, what's going on, man? Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's going to be a fun night. Thanks for joining us. Well, what have you been doing during uh, quarantine? Well, uh, a lot of relaxing. You know, you have a lot of downtime. Uh, a lot of people pick up new skills, find out some new talents. Um, I've done a lot of gaming, you know, I've been in the Call of Duty Warzone, Modern Warfare, been having a lot of fun with that, but uh, past couple of weeks I started working, I'm doing my deck staining job again, so this is my fourth summer doing it, um, you know, I get to enjoy the outdoors, making some cash and uh, physical work, so can't complain, man, uh, I've been doing some graphic design, just running my page like usual, nothing new there, but yeah, it's been it's been good, it's been good. Awesome. Well, glad to hear that you're staying safe and getting outside and all that stuff. Um, you've been playing any NCAA, though? That's the real question. Oh, I <laughs> know. That's, that's my all-time favorite game. So I, I'm always playing that game. In fact, I, uh, I got so bored with Michigan. I won so many national titles. I'm, I'm started a dynasty. I started a dynasty with Tulane. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. What are they? There's like, like the green wave or the blue wave? Yeah, yeah, the green wave. And uh, green wave. I think it, my second or third year in as head coach, I threw them in the SEC right into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually playing uh, NFL Street uh, last night, and uh, John Jansen was on my team, and wow. he had a uh, a fumble recovery that pretty much made me win the game. So. <laughs> Shout out to John Jansen, man. I've never played that game, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's oh, super – all the, all the players, you know, like, they're all just super obscure. The only person who's in that game who's still playing today is Tom Brady. Yep. What, I was wow. going to say, what year was that? 04? 04. Wow. It's Dude, crazy I was surprised. to think how old he is. I was surprised yeah. they got, like, a photo real version of John Jansen in that. I wish, you know, Cam, I will say I wish that we had the same problem that your video game had, that we were just winning so many national championships, you know, yep. we were sick of it at this point. Now I know how yeah. Nick Saban feels. <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump into some of these questions for Cam. 
so let's, I mean, right off the bat, I mean, how did you get started with the Michigan Wave uh, Instagram profile? Well, first, well, the year was 2013, and my first username was Hail to Mish. Uh, a lot of my followers still remember it as that. Um, it's before I joined the affiliation of Wave. And 2013, I don't know if you guys had Instagram yet or were using it frequently, but the app was relatively new at that time. And in my opinion, looking back at it now in 2020, it was a perfect time to start a fan page like this because it was just kind of an original idea. And now in 2020, there's a new fan page being created every single day, every single minute in, in Michigan's fan base, seemingly. And, um, <laughs> yeah, that's I us. Just, I, yeah, I, no, it's not. I, I, got to, I got introduced to the app then. And, uh, basically my biggest thing, my, my uh, factor of success has just been the consistency and just the drive to run it every single day. Um, so yeah, it's been since 2013. And as of today, I, I finally reached 60,000 followers. Yeah, we saw that, man. Congrats. Congrats. Dude, that Thank was you. dope, man. Thank you so much. And, and like you said, man, with the, with the consistency, I mean, you've kind of always been – like, I remember when – before we did, like, we started our Blue by 90 page or anything like that. I remember, like, Hail to Mish. I remember that page. We followed that. Yeah. And um, you're always on top of, like, you know, any breaking – recruiting stuff or like we, it, you're basically known as like the page to go to for like any of the breaking information for Michigan and love to hear you're, that. you're still, you're still in school, right? So you're doing that and managing this page and, you know, doing your graphic design stuff. I mean, I guess, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I just, just graduated actually uh, from graphic design. It was a three-year program. I went to Durham college in Oshawa, Ontario. Um, Sadly, uh, their their school colors are green and white. Oof. <laughs> and it's, it's that ugly MSU green too, boys. Oh, um, God. <laughs> but, uh, and I, I finished the program at an internship, which was a creative print place uh, local to where I live. But due to COVID, it got cut short about two months. I needed about uh, 560 hours experience and I got about half that, but. I got her done regardless, you know, there was a lot of uh, emergencies with, with all the students. No one was expecting something like this, it's a full out pandemic. So um, I finally got her done three years later and uh, I'm back in my, my usual job that I would have been doing in the summers as a student. You know, I wasn't expecting to do the deck staining again this summer. Ideally, I was hoping to uh, stay in my internship and, and get a full-time position. But uh, yeah, here we are now. But yeah, it was a great experience. Learned a lot. I really love graphic design. I'm, I've always been passionate about art, and uh, I'm excited to see where it takes me now. And That's you, awesome. so is that, or go ahead, bro. I was just gonna say, so you, um, you're from the or near the Toronto area, right? And so, uh, how, how did you become a Michigan fan, being from there? And then also another question. What is, is what's quarantine like in Canada right now compared to where we are at in the Ann Arbor area? Right. So I would say quarantine is a little different here. It's, um, it's, uh, we're in a little bit better position, I would say. Um, we're not opening up as fast as some states uh, in, in America, for sure. Um, Who's your favorite Canadian Michigan athlete? Do you have, a, do you have like a favorite? 
Nick Stauskas. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Arguable with Iggy, too. Um, yeah. But uh, I finally remembered. Sorry, I forgot the question there. So uh, I became a Michigan. There's actually a lot more Michigan fans here than you'd think. Um, you know, I, I luckily, I don't know many Buckeyes around here personally. There are some. But, like, in fact, my, my best friend is a diehard Spartan. But, uh, thankfully, I, I'm not surrounded by Buckeyes. Like, I'm, I'm shout out to all the diehard Wolverines that are in the state of Ohio and have to deal with that all year <laughs> round. Like, mad, mad respect, props, shout out to them. They are the toughest soldiers we have. Um, True. But, so I started becoming a fan. I was at my friend's house, who is my best friend, who I was just talking about. And this was, this was 2011. We were just hanging out. And uh, we looked at the football game on TV, and it was Michigan at Michigan State football. We were wearing those special uniforms. You guys remember those? Yeah. Um, not, not many people like them. I remember seeing Denard Robinson. And I loved the color combos of the, the blue and yellow, the, the maize and blue. And the, the coveted winged helmet, I was drawn into that old uniform design. And funny enough, he became uh, an MSU fan that moment on. He loved the, the green and white, the, the Spartan logo. He's Greek. So it, it makes sense for him. And we both went on from there. So that's how it started for me personally. Hey, that's man, pretty I'm cool. Gr- yes, but I'm completely gr- separate ways. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gr- but we're still, I'm Greek, like, but I'm not a Sparty fan, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny too is he looks similar to you and has that same beard too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's just Nate's undercover being a Sparty <laughs> fan in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite Michigan sport? Is it football, basketball, hockey? I mean, where are your leanings there? Definitely football. Basketball, close second. But, uh, yeah, easy to answer there is football. Yeah, I, I mean, I think arguably, like, I would actually, this is questionable, but I might put baseball third instead of hockey as of right now. Wow, a, a, right Canadian, yeah. a Canadian not liking <laughs> hockey? What is this? I'm not saying I don't, I dislike hockey, and I played it, of course. <laughs> we, all, we all play it here, but um, man, after covering that national championship run in baseball last year, I fell in love with that team. It's pretty amazing, man. That I mean, that was cool. We we might have a guy from that team on uh, on an episode soon, so we're we're great. we're getting confirmation on that. But that that'll be fun to talk to him. Awesome. Yeah, so I got a, I got a question. So what is it like being in Canada? And so like for me, like I grew up, you know, in Ann Arbor. So it's this is like, you know, I went to the big house when I was like three years old. It's just like ingrained in me. But for someone in Canada. You know, it's not the same. Like, I recently went there, and people were like, oh, my God, 100,000 fans, and Jim Harbaugh's getting paid $7 million. Is this – how did you, like, find football kind of – and how – is it weird being a college football fan in Canada? It's not nearly as common as down there in, in the U.S. Um, but my dad is a huge sports fan. He works for – Canada's version of ESPN, which is TSN, the sports network. Yeah. He is, he's worked there for 30-some years, right out of high school. He didn't even go to college or university. And, um, in fact, I'm not even close to the sports fan that he is or has, has been for years. Um, so having a father like that, uh, you know, to introduce me to stuff like that, he, 
you know, it, it's been uh, credit to him. I'd say that's the uh, probably the main reason there. Hmm, that's what's cool. his uh, What's his favorite sport? Football. Football. You guys, wow. So is he also a big Michigan fan, or Crimson Tide? Oh, oh man, he, he likes Michigan. Like it's not like he'll like cheer for Ohio State over us or cheer for right. the Spartans. And he's been to a game with me. Um, but yeah, like we watched the bowl game together, had a couple beers, and it was a really good bonding moment. Um, speaking of that, I was uh, I was so nervous for a damn blowout that bowl game. And <laughs> Dude, it was, yeah, it wasn't that close. I mean, like it it was closer in the first half, and and they were playing better than I thought. Uh, but they, you know, they kind of put their foot on the gas pedal in the second half. But I, I feel like I'm getting off topic here, but I feel like um, I honestly feel like Alabama didn't even give it their all, to be honest. Like they didn't need to. I know that's disrespectful as hell to our team. Hey, sadly, it's true. You know what I mean? Like that first play to Jerry Judy, Dax Hill's getting burnt. I'm like, <laughs> oh, we, the we fastest guy in our team getting we burnt for a long night. Brutal. At that yeah. point, I didn't. I honestly thought we were gonna get blown out like a hundred to zero. So thankfully, we kept it close in the first half, at least. But I was like, "Oh, come on, man!" So yeah, that that was tough. But um, I will say, so my cousin just got. Uh, he plays in the CFL and just signed with the the Argonauts. So are, if you oh, are you a fan of them, I don't watch much CFL, but like if if there's nothing else on, I'll, I'll definitely tune in. It's, uh, you know, there's a couple of different rules which make it a lot more, um, it's just a lot different. I wouldn't say it's more mm-hmm. interesting or a little more boring. It's No, that's not true. Um, I've, I've been to a game, like, I actually went to the home opener at the Argos new stadium, BMO Field, where the uh, Toronto FC soccer team plays. Uh, and okay. This was a couple of years ago. I went with my, my good friend, Chris, and that was a hell of a night. Um but no, I, I, I'm an Argos fan, I'd say, but no, I really don't watch CFL. Yeah, um, I think he's kind of talked about how different it is. He's a defensive lineman, and he's like, usually it's, you know, they're not running the ball, you know, pounding it down people's throat. It's much more fast-paced and spread out and things like that. So it's a lot different as a D lineman for him. But still, I think, you know, at – Honestly, I hope that they have a season two. I think that they're struggling the same way that everyone is here with hoping that they'll have a season. Um, you know, their season is in the summer rather than the fall, so they would be starting up here soon, I believe. But, um, yeah, hopefully that they get to play some some football. Hopefully we get to see any – I I I would tune into the CFL, no, you know, hands down right now if they were playing because I'm so thirsty for any type of football. So yeah, hopefully we get something that. here. You know what I thought would be interesting is to – so we do hear a lot of the big hits um, during the games, but when I watched the UFC uh, like last week, you heard some huge hits. I would love point. to – that would be interesting to see that same thing in football. So, I don't know. I hope well, we get not, in, not in the ball. Not only that is, A, the, the staff, the coaches talking and communicating to the players – um, maybe let's get some more mic'd up moments. That would be awesome. But like, man, let's let's hear some trash talk between the teams. Yes, yes. I want to hear Don Brown on the field. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I just heard off. Boston accent. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, I have a question for you. Um, so obviously, you have a huge presence on Instagram. Sixty thousand followers. I, I have to be led to believe that 
you've had some really interesting interactions with fans or even like former players. Are there any that you can tell us about? For sure. Uh, so one of the best parts about this this brand page business I've created and built from the ground up is just the relationships, connections, and the friends I've made. Uh, I started a, a group chat. Uh, this I think it was like week two. Again, I think it was against Army and. I, I told the, the members in the group chat, you can only, for some reason, have about 32 people in an Instagram group chat. I don't know why it's not 35 or a little less, a little more. Ideally, it'd be more. But um, I told them from day one, like, I, I want to, like, mold the perfect blend of passionate fans together to create, like, the best little family of, like, 30, 32 Instagram uh, users. And it took some weeks, to, you know, it took some time to... Uh, figure out the the team, make some cuts, uh, make some adjustments. And um, so, so yeah, just the connections of friends I've made, but like so many players that I've, I've had the privilege of talking to or becoming friends with, you know, however you want to put it, um, made some enemies too. It's really hard to please 60,000 or more people uh, with a platform like that. Um, You know, nobody's perfect. Uh, case in point, very recently, Joe Milton called me out on his live video. Um, oh, tell us like about we, that. Yeah, I will. We used, we used to be uh, <laughs> we, used, we used to be tight. We used to be cool. Like we would message back and forth. He'd ask me about NCAA, uh, the, the video game, and how I got the rosters or whatever the the uh, the team I downloaded, and just you know, just casual talk here and there. Like at first, when he first got there and wanted more followers, he asked me for a couple of shoutouts. Like we were cool, but, uh, and he used to follow me. He would like see every single one of my stories. And then he unfollowed me. I think during last season, I think it may have been after Wisconsin loss. I'm not sure why, but it may have been after I posted a clip of him, like throwing an interception. And I said, like, this was like his first pass in the game. And I don't know. He just, he got mad at me for, I'm not totally totally a a shot. And, uh, just a, a guess here, but, um, yeah, so I, I asked him on his live video. This was like maybe a month or two ago d- during quarantine. I was like, "Like, what do you what do you have against me, Joe? Like, I, I have no problem." <laughs> He's like, "Use a kid, use a fake, you bipolar. I know who you are." Oh and no! He's he's just like chill talking and him, him by himself in his car. Yeah. And a couple of days later, I find out I'm blocked. Oh, no. <laughs> I swear, I, remember, I feel like I remember seeing that, like you post yeah. something like that, like yeah, I'm blocked. I'm like, man. <laughs> I, I on my story. I'm I'm not ashamed, man. I can't be perfect. But um, that's a story. I doesn't mean I dislike Joe when I'm Team Dylan McCaffrey. Like, no, um, still got love for Joe Milton. Hope he starts. Anyways, um, so one of the best interactions. Charles Woodson has tagged me on a post or two of his. He's he's commented on my stuff. He's liked a couple photos. He's he doesn't follow me. He hasn't hit that official follow. Come on, button. Chuck. <laughs> and uh, Denard Robinson, that's my boy, Denard Robinson. So he has followed me for a long, long time. Uh, I joined his uh, his live video when he was on with Devin Gardner, and he said, "Hey, shout out the Michigan Wave. That's my boy right there. Like, go follow him." Uh, I wanted to have him on for a Q&A on my page, but then he, I don't know, he must have changed his mind. So we never got that done. That was supposed to be over the past couple of months. Hopefully we can get it done down the road. 
but um, Braylon Edwards has engaged in some debate, and of course, in the comments on my post, um, <laughs> he's a very outspoken individual and loves his debate and is not afraid to say stuff whether it's a hot take whether it's bold or whether it's calling out a current player or what but you gotta love Braylon he's a absolute Michigan legend um Desmond Howard same thing there he hasn't followed me but um yeah so like I take pride in having almost the whole roster following me um it's pretty insane I just try and make it a goal to uh, to help them out, whether that's giving them more followers or just showing love. But um, I've always wanted to be real and not have this bias or not have this fake opinion, say one thing, mean another, or just like soften up these players. Like uh, I'm going to say how it is, but I've always made it a goal to just be a level-headed fan with such a platform and voice. So, Cam, you mentioned that your team Milton. Could you – could you explain to Ro why why your team Milton? Let's go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it took it took me months for me to decide who I was really teaming up with. You know, I was so back and forth. I was like, fan followers are asking me like, who do you want? Who do you want? I was like, man, I'm so 50-50. Like I can't I'm indecisive with stuff like this. But um they they all like everything in life. There's pros and cons to everyone. And with Dylan McCaffrey, he brings a lot of passion and energy. You've seen that. I really, really like that. We need more players with that. Um, but his reckless running and his – he seems to have some injury problems. And that doesn't sit well with me. He's got a, he's got a little bit of a smaller frame for a Big Ten quarterback. You know, he's beefed up in uh, the Michigan strength program since he's gotten there. He was a lot skinnier uh, as a true freshman. But, um, man, Joe, Joe Milton is raw, but he's got unlimited potential. I completely agree with – I'm not sure who said it on this this pod, but someone said, like, Joe Milton is the type of quarterback that would go to Ohio State, go to Texas, go to LSU, go to Alabama, and uh, completely agree. And I, I think he can be the one to get us to finally get over this hump and beat Ohio State and get to Indianapolis for a Big Ten championship. Love it. Fire me up, man. Fire me up. Let's go. <laughs> well, interesting to note here, right? Because uh, um, Gaddis was asked by reporters this week, right? Like, where's the QB battle at? And um, yeah. he's, he, he yeah. gave a very even keeled, right? Nobody's ahead of anybody, but he included crazy. He included Cade. Yeah, he even threw in Cade in there. Like, yeah. come on. He's man. lying. He's lying. They know exactly who the starter's going to be. Dude, they did and that. And it's like, going to be Joe Milton. And it's going to be Joe Milton. They did that three years ago with John O'Corn and Spate. It was like, we know who yeah. the starter is. Like, you're not going to confuse Middle Tennessee State out the, out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> with this one, though, between the two, not the three. Uh, there definitely are at this point in the off season. There are definitely some teams that are like, okay, like which quarterback should we prepare for here? I guess clearly both. Yeah, I, I I would say this is probably the closest race we've had in quite some time, especially under the Harbaugh era. Um, you know, and and then Harbaugh is always like he's he's a dick in the fact that he like doesn't like to release his roster and depth chart and stuff like yeah. that. That's just that's the Harbaugh way. Um, which obviously irks some people, but some people like it. I don't know. It's, I I can guarantee you, again, 
we won't know until they trot out for that first, you know, snap, um, who's going to be starting. So, um, although it's definitely going to be Dylan McCaffrey. So I, you guys, <laughs> you, you can keep your hope up all summer and fall along until that first game. And then I, I just, when that happens, when Dylan goes under center for that first snap, you guys all got to like buy, buy me a beer or something. I don't, do, you, I don't know. do you realize Deal. how Deal. angry you just made them by saying Dylan's going to be the starter and be under center? Oh, you man. know, Kalen, Kalen, some people are just ignorant and you, you can't help them. So, you know, I, I have I have a point to make in this topic. I recently correct me if I'm wrong, guys, go check on Instagram right now if you're listening or after this podcast. I'm pretty sure I realized the other day that the two quarterbacks we're talking about do not follow each other on the gram. Wow. 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 That is interesting. Um, I, I love it, though. Very interesting. And I didn't. I, I could make a story about it, but I don't. I don't really want to start something. But it would be great debate or, or good realization. Um, I would. I'd be a fool if someone just checked on Instagram right now and I'm dead wrong. But yeah, I, I don't think they follow each other. Um, you know, it doesn't mean they're enemies, but they they have one job to win, and they're both competing for it. You know, Dylan's working with his NFL family, and <laughs> Joe's putting in work in Florida and with Devin Gardner and Ronnie Bell. So, um, and. I don't think it's a, it's a way off statement to be so confident that Dylan's going to be the starter, especially with this pandemic going on. It doesn't help Joe. It doesn't help him. I, I would not be shocked if Dylan is a starter week one. Um, but, man, a lot of the players I've talked to seem to be on Team Joe, Joe Milton, Team Milton. And I don't want even more tension within the team or program if Harbaugh chooses Dylan. That's right. I, mean, I think we're all on. I think we're all on the. You know, whoever's the starter, we're gonna we're gonna root for, right? Obviously, it seems like Joe's the. I mean, at least for me and Nate and and for you, Cam, Joe's the guy. Like we would love to see Joe Milton out there. You know, he is that guy that may go. That would we'd see at Texas or LSU or Bama. That's just blowing it up or tearing it up. But if if McCaffrey's that guy and we're winning games, I I could care less. Like I could. I, I'm just happy that we're winning. So exactly. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I hope, man. I just hope we have a season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's bigger things to worry about right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I I would if put we Kane, don't have if, a season. There's just going to be 12 more months of this debate. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> I put Kate out there if we if it meant we were going to have a season. Like just throw Kate out. There. I don't. <laughs> I I do anything for a season. <laughs> but I mean. The thing about the thing about Milton, and we after our last episode, we literally said we're going to stop talking about this because we talked about it every episode. But, but we literally we're like addicted to to this debate at this point. But oh, yeah. the th- the thing about Milton for me is, I think it can go one of two ways. You know, to me, he's a Jameis Winston type at Florida State, where like. He was, you know, they were winning games, come from behind games. Like he was, in my opinion, getting pretty lucky in a lot of the situations. Like he has such, you know, such potential and things could go so well. But I do think things could tank pretty quickly. You know, if he starts scrambling and throwing into into double coverage, you know, with his athleticism uh, and I would say, you know, lack of decision making. Not that we've really seen that yet, but I just think that it could happen. 
That's what I see from it, the limited time. It could go one of two ways. It's whereas McCaffrey's going to be more, you know, even keeled, probably not make any spectacular plays, uh, but he'll make all the plays he needs to and then not force the turnover. So that's why I'm on Team McCaffrey over here up by my lonesome. Kalen's like middleman Dan over there, just <laughs> listen, just listening, and and as we do uh, <sighs> this out, but bro, um, I want to rip you apart right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, every time Dylan has gone in, it's been garbage time. He's throwing up, he's throwing up shots just to try to get points, man. McCaffrey, he's been able to go in when Shea got hurt, or whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I will, and Dylan I will hasn't had that. that. Go, yeah, go ahead, Cam. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there. Uh, no, you're good. But the uh, the Notre Dame loss in uh, 2018, I really liked the small shades of Dylan I was seeing. I, I do remember that. Yep. And he was a lot younger then. You know, he was really polished in that game. I thought he did a great job coming in pretty much, yep. like, out of nowhere. I mean, we were not yep. expecting that. We had all this talk about Shea Patterson, Shea Patterson, Shea Patterson first game he has to come out because he's got cramps and then you know dylan came in did a great job so but poised and great i want to bring this up too um did you guys see my my throwback video i posted the other day it's on my story of shea patterson at ole miss yeah i think i think roe is the one that responded to it yeah that was a different dude look like johnny football and i said that when we were landing him in the transfer and that's why everyone was so excited now, he tore his ACL. This was a post-injury Shea, post Shea. Um, but I also think it was our scheme, our staff, maybe our development or lack of. And he would, like, face it, guys, he was better and more comfortable in 2018 than the next year in, in Gaddis's system. Um, he, he wasn't keeping the read options this year in, in 2019 and just had no confidence and was – playing like a, a dog with their tail in between their legs. And I will, you know, he, he got hurt week one. A rib yeah, he, he was he was legitimately injured for nine out of the 12 games last year. Like, I will say that from, from things that I know. So, but that, you know, sorry to cut you off there, Cam, but that, to me, him being injured for nine out of the 12 games, then let's put in somebody else, you know, like, that's when it pisses exactly. me off from the, from the coaching staff side. I'm like, all right, I know that Shea's our guy, but if he's not 100% and we have two guys in McCaffrey and Milton that are studs on the bench, what are we, you know, what are we doing? Yep. What do you have to lose there? If McCaffrey and Milton can't get it done, then we'll put in 80% Shea back in. You know, like any Nick other Saban, program would do that. Nick Saban in the national championship game. Like I don't know. There's so I've had so many questions about these decisions for years, and I talk like I know what the hell I'm talking about, or I, I you know, I've coached D1. Yeah, so do we. Welcome. This is how all fans are, but like it's not that difficult. Like J- Jim Harbaugh was supposed to be this quarterback whisperer coming in Ann Arbor. You know, he had uh, Andrew Luck and Colin Kaepernick under his belt, uh, especially Andrew Luck, and. Like every year we're talking about transfer quarterbacks and like we, we have been missing that elite quarterback that can take over a game or get us back in the game down 20 points 
um, or can take us into a hostile environment and get the W. Like, we are in dire need. And until that happens, we're not going to be getting these elite quarterbacks as recruits. So we're going to need to develop them and coach them the hell up. Yeah, I mean, 100% there. It, it, it blows my mind because I, 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 it's just so frustrating. And, and especially, like you said, coming into this, you know, when Harbaugh came in 2015 or whatever, I think it was 2015, right? Yeah. Uh, he – that was the one position that everyone was like, all right, we'll be set at QB. Like, exactly. that is the one position we won't have to worry about. We'll have star QBs. And as of 2020 – that's the one position we're missing, like you said. We've got it figured out at nearly every other position. Why shout can't we? Shut up! Oh gosh! Shout out Ed Warner! Yeah, shout Ed out Warner! Like uh, every every other coach, uh, position coach has it figured out, except for our damn quarterbacks coach, and which is our, I guess, our head coach now. Um, and so that that's just that's very very frustrating to me. No, yeah, it's funny because um, our two Milton heads here, I mean, Nate has been a diehard Joe Milton guy for, you know, since he was recruited, like when he was in high school, Nate was watching the high school tape going like, dude, put this guy in. Jack is our newest member of the Joe Milton club, comparing (laughs) him to Pat Mahomes, right? As of like 14 days ago. (laughs) So Hey, you know, it depends which way the wind's blowing, man. It's blowing the right way. I'm Team Milton. <laughs> so our, our Milton group here is pretty funny, and I've I've kind of placed Roe on this island a little bit to help bat away some of this other stuff, you know. Um, but I think they all have the same <laughs> mentality. They all have the same mentality, which is we want our team to beat Ohio State, right? Uh, so. What do you think we really need to do to beat Ohio State? Great, great question. Um, They are an elite recruiting program right now, a recruiting machine, even arguably even better with Ryan Day than with Urban Meyer, which is unbelievable to think. Yeah. But we need to embrace this rivalry the same way that they do training for it 365 days a year, you know, and like um, Ty Rogers went over there to Columbus and he saw firsthand how differently the intensity is treated. Now, yes, we have other rivals, two others, not an excuse. Like Jim needs to scrap the mentality of preparing for the next game. That is utter BS. I don't know why he would decide to take down the, the countdown clock that Brady Hoke had up in the in the weight rooms. Um, you need to emphasize that game and drill it into every single player's heads every chance you get. We could lose every other game on the schedule, but that one is the one that we need to win most. And they are our kryptonite. They are the only team that stands in our way. The only team that we have proven to not be able to beat to get that Big Ten championship ring in Indianapolis. We were so close in 2016, one call away. We were so close in 2018. Maryland could have came in clutch, but we're not can't rely on the Terps. They're not going to get it done. And we don't send them back to the ACC. We don't want to rely on any other program 
in that case anyways. It has to be all are doing. And they just, they have an extreme mental edge. They go into that game knowing they're going to kick our teeth in. And we go into that game with the mentality of, well, boys, let's do our best and hope we don't get blown out. 100%, man. And I, the video of 2013 when um, Ohio State came to the big house and Devin Gardner was playing on a broken foot. Man, that video, I feel like it's resurfaced recently where you see Ohio State kind of coming down the tunnel and then Michigan comes out of the locker room. I posted that, and yeah. they, Dude, they are just chirping. I'm like, yes, that is what we need. That's the intensity and confidence we need in that game. And honestly, we didn't win it, but we almost beat. We were right down to like the last play of the game where we could have we could have won it against the number three Ohio State team where we were unranked. I mean that kind Brady of intensity. That's guys got up for that game. They they, they got did. up for that game. And you know what? Too like Urban Meyer just said, it was a street fight for for winning these Ohio recruits against Michigan. Whereas now in the Harbaugh era, it's not like that. Now. I understand there's a hell of a lot of talent in the United States from tons of different states. I understand, especially the southern states, of course. I'd love a team of just Florida Florida players or um, Texas, California, Georgia, Alabama. list goes on. But you look at all the NFL ballers and legends from Ohio or the, uh, the, Ohio, the Michigan stars that were from Ohio. Like, in, and in-state recruiting matters, too. You, you can't just let them all go to Michigan State. I'm not saying that. You need, you need a good balance. But we are not emphasizing Ohio, the state of Ohio, for recruiting. It's like we just – we know we can't win that game. So, like, oh, why would they want to come here? So, like, we need to adapt this D'Antonio method where we take these maybe uh, – you know, diamonds in the rough, these slept-on recruits that maybe Ohio State passed on, and they come into Ann Arbor with that mental edge or chip on their shoulder, that attitude, like, I'm going to prove to you why you slept on me and why that was a mistake. It, it's, a, it, it's a John Beeline thing, too, right? That's how John yeah. Beeline did it. Xavier Simpson was a guy out, you know, out of Ohio. Uh, Trey Burke was a guy literally from Columbus, didn't get recruited yep. by Ohio State. You know, these guys, that was John Beeline. Um, he did it with, I mean, Brandon Johns is here from East Lansing. So uh, 100%, I, I wish, uh, you know, so much that Jim Harbaugh had more John Beeline in him. And D'Antonio, too, you know, he's, I, I hate the man because of, you know, where he's at. But he did an incredible job with three-star guys for the 10 years that he was there, whatever it was, you know, their 10-year run, I guess. Um, so 100 percent. And and one thing that I kind of want to flip the script a little bit on that question of what does Michigan have to do to be at Ohio State and the mentality part. But how what I the question I have is, how does Ohio State have that man mentality that it is all about the Michigan game? It's all about that one game, but they also take care of the first 11 games, too. You know, that's what really blows my mind on their part is they are 100%, 365 days a year, you know, talking and thinking and working around about that, uh, that a Michigan game for them. But they also do the same thing for game one through 11 as well. And, and I feel like we can't do – it's either one or the other, it seems, yeah. for us. So I, I'm not I, sure I'll how say, uh, you do that, but yeah. 
you know, they, they not only have easily one of the best rosters in the, in the, in the whole country, but they have one of the best staffs and they, they prepare, prepare, prepare. I, I compare them. I'm a Patriots fan. I compare them to the Patriots. Now we're going to see uh, a Belichick led Patriots without Tom Brady. I haven't watched the Patriots without him under center. So like, that'll be very interesting, but it's, it's all about the development, the, the preparation and the strategy. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State is losing those first 11, uh, or is winning those first 11, but they might lose to Purdue somewhere in there, right? <laughs> Boilers! Or Penn State or Iowa or Michigan <laughs> State by a field goal and forget they have Zeke Elliott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, I mean, but I, I mean, you kind of brought up some basketball there, too, talking about John Beeline. How much basketball do you get a chance to watch? Oh, I, I try and watch every game now. Um, sometimes the games aren't aired here. So uh, usually I'm just like trying to find a stream as well as like I got Photoshop open on another tab and I'm updating <laughs> my score graphic and uh, it's stressful. It, I uh, I got my head down on my phone looking at Twitter for updates and stuff to post more than I'm watching the game. And uh, <laughs> it's stre- it's stressful, man. I, I update this, the, like let's say it's halftime. I update the score. I uh, text the screenshot to myself on iMessage since I got MacBook and I got the iPhone, so it's all connected. Um, You know, I get the message or the screenshot on my phone. I save it and I post it right to Instagram, all like this, just fast as possible. (laughs) As you guys know, I just I I try to be the fastest out there. It's not always like that. Um, But yeah, so um, finding sometimes streams can be so difficult. Like I remember there were a couple games last season where it just wasn't working out. So I just was basically following from Twitter. Damn. That's awesome. I, I mean, we, we're still kind of going through the growing pains of trying to get our graphics going as quickly as possible. But it sounds like, <laughs> sounds like you have it down like, well, as, a, as a science, I, right? I could, always, uh, I could always help you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah we love it. We need the help. Yeah, we, we yeah, help. we'll take anything we can get. <laughs> you know what? No, I, I definitely could learn something from you guys too. I see some of the stuff or the videos you're putting together, and I, I'm not sure how you did that. So <laughs> we, it took us a while. We don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we stumbled upon stuff. We have no idea what we're doing. Honestly, so you guys have just yes. like one guy that does all that, or do you all try and contribute? It's it's typically Ro and I. Ro and I like try to figure it out. Honestly, the other day before we put up uh, that the Devin Gardner post um, with my hot take, he um, Ro and I were texting for like four hours. Like, dude, how can we like get this like this and like do that? And yeah. it, it was like it was such a it's such a shit show. But like we figure it out in the end, and it's great. Hey, you just you just need experience. You'll get better, and one day it'll be smooth as hell. Um, you won't even be right. thinking about it. Um, when did you guys start the podcast, and when did you create the Instagram page for it? So we, we, um, we started it probably a week, Kaylin and Nate, like, correct me if I'm wrong, probably like a week before last season. We talked about doing it like probably around a year prior, but we never really got to it. Um, but then we're like, you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. We talked like Kaylin and Nate. I mean, they, I think they were the guys that kind of came up with the idea and they like, they used to be roommates and they would just want to come home from work and they just talk Michigan football. Um, 
and it kind of just like kicked off from there. Uh, but yeah, we started about, I think it was August 24th of 2019. And um, yeah, kind of just went from there and tried to do our best on social media. I mean, obviously the quarantine's great to be able to, you know, post stuff and not have to worry about like work or any other stuff. So we've been able to kind of kick that off recently, but, um, but yeah, kind of started not, not too, like pretty recently. Yeah. Trying to figure it all out. Yeah. We're, we're just trying, we're going through the ropes here a little bit, but uh, <laughs> sl- slowly but surely we're getting there. <laughs> all part of the process. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your starting Who's your starting five for Michigan basketball? My starting five would be the Columbia transfer at point guard, Mike Smith. And then I got Eli Brooks. I got Franz, uh, Isaiah Livers. And then at center, true freshman, Hunter Dickinson. Love it. Over over Austin Davis there, huh? It's questionable. It's it's very debatable. It's, it's, uh, you know, Hunter's got to put some muscle on. And Camp Sanderson's going to get him right. Um, like we're going to see Big Country quite a bit. Um, I could be wrong here. Like he he could totally start the year, and then we see Hunter for the later part of the season. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting at center, and uh, I'm really excited to just to watch these two battle it out at center. Like God love John Teske. He he gave Michigan his blood, sweat, and tears. Um, but he really frustrated me at some points last season. And we, we need a tougher presence in interior there. And uh, Hunter can get it done. I like that. And especially like, like what you said, man, Teske, like, I don't know what happened last year, but his junior season going in, like going into that senior season, I'm like, man, Teske's going to just blow it up. He's going to have a great year. And then just, I don't know, it's just so inconsistent. I even feel like he started the season pretty hot, and then he got in a major slump. Yeah, which was it to me is so it, it's so weird because Juwan Howard is the is the big guy, right? He's supposed to be the yeah. guy that can come in and coach up these big men, and so I was expecting him to come in and be like take Teske from what I thought his junior year was like, you know, pretty pretty dang good center to and maybe an All-American or something like that. And, and he definitely took a big step back. But Austin Davis took a giant leap, you know. So I'm, I'm not sure yeah. it was – I wouldn't put it on the coaches more as – I think it was almost just mental for Teske last year. Um, but I, I, what, I agree with you in the fact that I think we'll see Austin Davis um, early on just because of the experience and everything like that. And then – as Hunter really gets to to the gets into the flow of college basketball and Big Ten basketball, his talents are, I mean, you can't compare them probably to an Austin Davis. They're they're much higher. His upside is so much higher. So I think he'll work himself probably into the starting rotation. Um, what do you think about the other freshmen though? Zeb Jackson, um, Jace, um, those guys coming in. Uh, Terrence Williams. What do you think? Do you think any of those guys will get any uh, PT? Oh, yeah. I think um, Terrence Williams and Zeb Jackson, for sure. Uh, Jace might be a player coming off the bench, or he might. There's good possibility he just sits out uh, the whole first year. Um, Jace is a good friend of mine. We, we got a cool friendship that's developed over time there. It's a cool little backstory. But uh, this is a hell of a class. It was supposed to be a little better. Like, I was, I was really looking forward to 
Isaiah Todd and, you know, there's all that, all the shenanigans and excitement with uh, Jay Gubb, you know, a.k.a. Josh Christopher. Um, regardless, though, our class is still sweet. And it, it's going to be a fun year next year. How was um, – did you have anything to do or, like – where were you at with all the Josh Christopher, Isaiah Todd, you know, with your page? And, uh, you know, there was a lot of hype on social media during that 48 hours. So what was what was going on there for you? Hold on. Do we want to do we want to pause real quick? <laughs> Where did Jack go? Where did he... we, lost, we lost Jack for a second. Um, he's rejoining. There he is. <laughs> Sorry. Kalen, Kalen texted me and I opened my phone and it. it, it... Yeah, I was Oakley was barking in the background, so I went to go like make sure he shut up. And <laughs> sorry, guys. So that forty-eight hours really of Josh Christopher and Isaiah Todd. You know, obviously there was a lot going on there, and the hype around social media, and there was so much buzz on that. You know, what was that like coming from uh, an Instagram page with such uh, a media presence that you have? I'll say this is uh, Josh Christopher's recruiting process was truly exhausting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> super intriguing character persona. I, you know, I love his, his photos. He posts on Instagram, his fashion sense. I'm really intrigued to that, but I got to a point where I was just downright exhausted with his recruitment. Like, and I, like he, he put out a tweet during the start of all this uh, coronavirus stuff, pandemic, where um, he was like, well, he tweeted something like, I'm not even excited about my commitment because of Corona or something like that. And it just got me angry. I, I said like, you know, there, there's so many, so much bigger things going on in the world right now. And, and that's what you're mainly concerned about is like, Oh, how your, your commitment is not going to be as hyped up as it would have been because of a pandemic, which we haven't had in a hundred years. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> But I will say, like, I was very confident that he was Michigan's to lose for weeks and weeks. And now looking back at it, I just believe it was a whole marketing strategy. And he played us and he knew where he was going the whole time. Other recruits have done this, but he truly uses for clout, attention and hype that. And he had his mind made up the whole time he was going to play with his brother. And he knew this and the whole family knew this and just, hey, you know you can't blame a recruit for having fun and enjoying the most out of their re- recruitment as it's a once in a lifetime experience, but he was a different breed. Yeah. I, I think I saw it too on social media that fans started kind of turning on him about, you know, that in those last few days or weeks, I guess, because he, people realize like, all right, this guy is kind of a clown and he's just, playing with us with our feelings this whole time and people were like I saw a bunch of people posting stuff like I don't even want him anymore at this point which is ridiculous because he's so good that we would take him in a heartbeat but I think that the attitude problem I I did read a lot of stuff that like we almost dodged a bullet there because he's so like egotistical and all that stuff that he would have blown up our locker room 100 percent Exactly. That's interesting, you know too. I, I even heard a story uh, about, you guys aren't going to believe this, and, and I haven't told many people this, but everyone's going to enjoy this that hears this. 
Russell Westbrook was saying some stuff about Jacob and he, he called him a bad name that I shouldn't repeat. And uh like basically calling him a diva, right? Like he he's he's not as much as like the media makes him out to be. Um so let's see if Russell Westbrook ends up being completely right about like his collegiate career or how he ends up in the NBA. But let's just say Russell Westbrook is not a fan of Jacob and like not many people would even think that they're like, he's familiar with a, a guy like that, but yep. Well, that's interesting too, because yeah. I'm pretty sure that there's Arizona state is unretiring Harden's number or something. I, I could be completely wrong on this, Oh wow! but I think Christopher is wearing Harden's 13. number 13 at Arizona state. Wow. Yeah. So that's, I'm, that is- I, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Well, and and coming from Westbrook, Westbrook, who is a diva in himself, you know, like he's been, he's been, whether he is or not, you know, in real life, none of us know because it's tough to see behind the scenes. But you know, on the court and what from what people, you know, his image, he's a big diva. So if he's calling somebody else a diva, it's probably ten times worse. And and we definitely saw that in the recruitment. So I believe that. And you know what's crazy is that, like, like having a class like this, that's well, at one point it was looking to be comparable to the Fab Five. Yeah. Um, now, you know, we didn't finish with all of them. There was looking to be six. We were we were thinking of the Sinister Six, Sensational Six. Anyways, point being, like, uh, Jacob's only season in college is going to be either no season or a season with absolutely no fans. Think about that. Right. Like, we would have had Isaiah Todd and possibly Jacob and then having no crowds, let alone maybe like not even a season itself. So that's something to think about too. Interesting. Also, too, I mean, you have such a uh, such a reach with your page. Do you think that you play any sort of role in recruiting by putting out any of these uh, things out there? Yeah, I always think about that. Uh, I have to double, you know, take a couple uh, things before I uh, post something. And haven't I've never wanted to be that age that gives off like an annoying persona. And you know, I've I've never really been a supporter of like spamming the damn M emoji on these recruits posts. Like, it's like oh, so we got the mic to the so like, why did you choose Michigan? Oh, I simply chose Michigan because their fans are crazy and they were just spamming the M emojis on my post. I just had to pull the trigger. Like, why would I want to go to any other college? <laughs> that's amazing so that that's funny <laughs> yeah but there are, i feel like there are fans out there that like feel like oh if i dm this guy or tweet at this guy like he's coming for sure <laughs> it would just be exhausting being a recruit in 2020 with social media let me just say that yeah, yeah. oh 100%. man and and i i have a question there is like um as it goes for the recruiting and just fans in general, do you get sick of the negativity, especially coming from Michigan fans? It feels like we are, I mean, obviously we haven't had much to like, you know, celebrate about over the past 20 years or whatever you want to call it. But like, it's just talk about exhausting is just the people that are negative and almost I've seen some, some Michigan fans that are like, rooting against us almost they they like live for the misery of mich of what michigan is so i want to hear your take on that oh you nailed it you already know it's exhausting 
um, like I said, I've, I've made a, a lot of friends and connections that are supportive and just love talking like we are talking right now and just aren't miserable people that just seem to thrive in hatred and negativity. I, I have some followers. One comes to mind that just like loves to play devil's advocate with me. He just like questions all my takes, opinions. He just loves to debate and makes me like think, makes me feel like I'm just silly with the stuff I say and questions what I post. But yet he he still follows me and because uh, he claims he still enjoys my content. So it's just, yeah, um, especially with the Internet, and social media. Uh, negativity, hatred has an opportunity to thrive even more, and it gives every random person their own voice. You, you look at the comments section, and there's no penalties with what you say. It's not like this guy's going to punch you in the face for what you said on his his uh, Instagram post or YouTube video because he's not in front of you through a screen. So what does that mean? People have no filters, and they're talking way more tough than they would in person. The keyboard warriors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, we try to keep it positive and we try to keep it real at Blue by 90, right? So, always. Um, and does anybody else have any more questions? I think that's it for me. Does anybody else have any more questions? I know we had a question about, uh, like, kind of, you know, we had Toby from the Prattle on a few couple weeks ago. Um, yep. And he mentioned how you guys, you know, you guys are good friends and, uh, both of you guys are very successful at what you do through your Instagram pages and Toby with his interviews. Um, I guess, how did you guys, you know, meet up, become friends? Did that happen through Instagram or do you guys know right. each other before then or how that, how that kind of come about? Yeah, it was on Instagram. Uh, I got a, a direct message from him. I think it was like 2017 or 2018. And I don't remember how many followers he had at the time. Uh, I would, I would definitely say it was less than 500. I think he's now around uh, just over 2K, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he, he was just uh, introducing himself like, hey, Cam, I'm Toby. Uh, this is my podcast. I'd love to have you on. Uh, like, let me know if you're, if you're interested and when you're available and we could get this, uh, get this in the works. And at the time, he was with three other guys as close friends. And it got to a point where they were no longer interested and no longer had the time to run it. And Toby loved it and was really good at it. So he just took it over from there and it's been flourishing. And I've been a, I've been in this corner ever since. And it's just so fun to watch him grow. And uh, man, he's got a fan page for the Prattle now. He didn't I saw that. He doesn't know. I saw that. That's amazing. (laughs) And uh, I love, I still, it's crazy. I, so many of these people that I talk to on such like, almost a, a daily basis, I forget that I haven't hung out with in person, you know? <laughs> um, he was at, I was recently at the Middle Tennessee State game, and he was there too, but we sadly didn't have a chance to meet up. But, um, yeah, so that's how it got started. And at this point, I've been on his show maybe three times, and I'm going to be on it again soon for sure. Nice. And that's, and that's another thing too is uh, as far as, like, um, you and Toby, and uh, there's another fan page, just Michigan Insiders. I feel like the guy's name is Dawson. Is that correct? Dawson, that, that's Michigan Insiders. Yep. Okay, I, so I, he was. Uh, he... I hung out with him at the game. Okay, so I, I feel like. Lima, Ohio. Oh, okay. So I feel like yeah. I saw. I think he was the first like big fan page to, like reach out to us. We we're actually like tailgating, uh, and Justin Rowe has a huge uh, tailgate, and. Um, mm-hmm. We put up a story and he like commented on it and uh, we, we've got to get him out. We've got to get all you guys out there sometime. But um, you, 
you three guys have done a great job of like reaching, just responding to DMs, um, just engaging with your followers. And uh, that was something that was really cool is that, you know, Toby reached out to us. He's like, hey, man, like, love what you guys are doing, um, you know, yada, yada, yada. And we were able to get him on the podcast. And then, you know, as far as like, you know, you reached out about our intro, like, hey, like, it's got me hyped oh. up. It was cool, man. And like, it's, especially for us, it was like a guy coming from 60,000 followers to, you know, we have like Dude, 600. The best intro I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, that's, I, that's Ro, that's Ro and Jacqueline. I automatically blare that when I hear it. It sends shivers down my spine, man. <laughs> oh, I, it's the best the, intro ever. I even told the, Toby. I even told Toby. I was like, bro, did you hear their intro? I don't know, like, you know, like, tell him what, what, what he's doing. It ain't enough, but like, I've been wondering, too, like, is that, is that not any copyright infringement? Because it's so tough with University of Michigan. They're so tough on copyright. It's a good question. It probably <laughs> is, to be honest, but we, we don't have 60,000 followers, so we're not worried about it yet. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't gotten sent a, a notice in the mail yet, but maybe someday. But, yeah, that, that took a full day of Jacqueline and I, like, you know, ripping stuff from YouTube and whatever yeah. else. That, but, man, the DPJ call at Michigan State, like, oh, Gus yeah. Johnson, you know, baby. Every, Gus Johnson, Nate's favorite guy. You get to it every time. You know, it's just all, all together. It's just, it couldn't be better. I, I, it's an automatic blare. Turn that, turn that up every time. And it gets me fired up and ready to listen to the episode. <laughs> Love we're it. Gonna, Love we're, it. We're going to have to play that at the next tailgate over my speakers, like, at, yes. on the golf course. <laughs> so, uh, I, the, the last game I went to, uh, week one, Middle Tennessee State, that was my first time I was at the golf course tailgate. And oh. it, it was a hell of a party. And that's where I met up with Dawson and his friends and who he usually goes to games with. And then I met up with Nolan of, U of M graphics shout out to him. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I also met with them again at halftime and uh, I ended up going to tailgate with a, a friend follower of mine, a uh, girl named Aspen and they, her and her family tailgate just outside of Chrysler. So we went there oh, nice. for, for a bit just before the game. Yeah. Normally I feel like normally bro, you're on the golf course, right? But last year you were on, you're in the blue lot by Chrysler. Kind of what you're yeah, talking about, right? It, yeah, I can get yeah. passes for the blue lot. Sometimes I like going on the golf course just because it's a bigger party. So golf course just, is fun, man. I love it, the golf course. If, oh, the, yeah. if the weather is right, I'll go to the golf course. But usually in Michigan, you know how the weather is. So it's either raining or snowing or whatever the hell's going on. So right, right. right. the blue lot is a safer, safer bet. But um, week, week one, the weather was gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, oh for yeah. that Middle Tennessee game. Yeah. Yeah. So what? How often do you come down for for a game? Man, I, I'll try. Like, it, I w- I'd be there every damn weekend, every away game right. if possible. Uh, that I want to make that a goal later on in life. But um, I think I've been like three or four games total. My first game was 2013 Minnesota. Okay. Where uh, Blake Countess had the pick six at the end of the game. Love it. And um, yeah. and then most recently Middle Tennessee State game, which my was my first night game. So. Um, well, next time games, and I, I wish I could be there every weekend. And I have yeah. I have not been to basketball yet, and I have not been to Yost. So that's oh, Yost that's, is uh, great, man. Yost, Yost is, is so amazing. Awesome. Yeah. 
Great atmospheres all around. Anywhere you go at Michigan, uh, you're going to have a good time. Uh, as long as you don't wind up, uh, you know, passed out on the floor at Rick's or something, right? I mean, that's <laughs> maybe then you shout have out, Shout out Matt Liner. Yeah, shout, shout out, out Matt, Matt Liner. <laughs> See, I, I have to make it a goal, too. I have not tried the food in Ann Arbor. Oh, oh man. I haven't tried the bars. Like, boys, you need to give me give me a good yes. tour. Like, Yes. Um, you got to come down for like a whole weekend starting, exactly. you know, Friday Dude. night or something. We'll, we'll yeah, go we'll hang take out. You around. Tailgate all day. End up at Pretzel Bell Saturday night. night. <laughs> Shout out Pretzel yeah. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's do a zero to 90. Nate, I know you have a really mm. good one, so I'm going to let you go first. Is that okay? Sure. Cool. I was gonna. I was gonna say, please let me go last, and then Cam. If you don't have a hot take, you don't need to participate. But if you do, it's a great time to do it. Damn, you put me on the spot here. Um, I know we did this with Toby too. I was like, sorry, man, we didn't let you know ahead of time. Did he have one? He did. I can't. God, I can't remember what it was. What did Toby have for his hot take? Oh. He he came up with one. Well, you'll go last. You'll go last. You'll go last. So you want some time? I'm. We got to go Nate, Rowe, and then me because I always go first. I'm gonna go. I want to go second to last this time. All right, Nate, are you ready? Yeah, I'm good. Your 30 seconds starts now. Cool. So, uh, one of the largest stadiums in Europe is uh, with a club called Borussia Dortmund. They have uh, 25,000 fans that they call the Yellow Wall. I think we should do the exact same thing at Michigan because I think there is a lack of energy in the big house. So I want the same thing. I want flags waving around all the time. I want there to be some sort of choreography like they do. We need to do everything we can to improve the atmosphere. I'm talking about flyovers every single game. 30 seconds. We need smoke Uh-oh. coming out. Oh, oh, man, Nate. You waste so much time in the beginning. You're always like, oh, oh. I'm being I was real. so hyped for that, too. He wants European soccer but at the big house. I want but European Michigan soccer football. at the big house. Yes. I love, and, and Cam, you put up uh, the, you were sharing some posts about, you know, the environment of the big house with the, with the maze palms, man. We, that was the best atmosphere. Why, why we got rid of that? I have no idea. It's, it's a no brainer. The only argument that I'm sure that uh, they're running with is the environmental impact. But uh, what's the difference with the towels? I mean, right. Yeah. What's the difference between with a jet flying over burning all that fuel? Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, like, if anybody the has atmosphere a... is, is lame is like you guys have been it's awful, man. Up. You get yelled at for standing up. Um, here's the thing. The architecture of the big house, the sound goes right out uh, directly above. It's a big open bowl. There's nothing to contain the sound or bounce it back down uh, onto the field. So that that's uh, that's what's killing us. If you haven't checked out the yellow wall, search it up. It's pretty freaking cool, actually. <laughs> All right, Jack, zero to 90. Your zero to 90 starts now. All right, I've seen some crystal balls lately with uh, a few four-star guys possibly coming to Michigan. If, if that happens and J.J. McCarthy continues to do his job as the lead recruiter for the 2021 class, I say Michigan ends with a top – I'm going to be hopeful here. Top five recruiting class in the nation. Still got like five seconds. And Can I get his five seconds back? I'll take the five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
okay. We're trading seconds around. All of a sudden, it's uh, Jack does 10 here, Nate does 40. Dude, the past two weeks, I haven't needed all of them. Oh, that's true. Uh, okay, Ro, bladder's all empty, right. head's clear. Are you ready for your 0 to 90? Yeah, all right, I'm ready. Okay, 30 seconds starts now. All right. We have to stop the negativity. We talked about it a little bit before, but I am so sick of just being negative all the time from Michigan fans specifically. I don't understand it. There's people that literally love to be negative and love to hate on Michigan. Let Ohio State and Michigan State and the rest of the world do that. Why don't our own fans help ourselves out? Help the recruiting. I know that Cam knows that the recruits see that stuff. They're on social media and see it. So stay oh, there's your 30 seconds. That was a great oh, he message. Got it. He got it. He got it. That's Love beautiful. It. Okay, Cam. You've seen how we play the game. Are you ready to play the game? I'm ready, and I'm not going to need 30 seconds, boys. Oh, oh, love, oh, it. oh. love it. Oh. Just need a sentence. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. Cam, your 0 to 90 begins right now. All right. Sophomore Giles Jackson, wide receiver, he will be returner of the year for the Big Ten Conference. Let's go! There it is. Let's go! All right, we, Giles. Man, I mean, I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna start calling Cam on a daily basis. I'm like, man, just hype me up one time, and he'll and he'll, he'll get it going. I got man. you. I got you. I, got you. <laughs> I love we'll it. Have to, we'll have to have you on, like, if we when if we do have a season. The, the podcast that's, that happened before uh, the games, we just got to have Cam on for like five minutes at the end. Yeah, hype people up, get them, get them ready to, to go Three and cheer up, cheer speech, them out. Yeah, yeah. 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 This version of the locker room speech. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, our team needs that. Our team needs a modernized version or something. <laughs> We're missing something. So maybe maybe Harbaugh will play our podcast for the team before the game. Before the run out of the <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right good stuff uh that's our show for this week um cam thanks for joining us you have anything you want to plug uh just follow at the michigan wave on instagram i'm the same thing on twitter i i don't tweet much i'll just warn you right now uh but yeah follow those two um my personal is cameron mott m-a-c-h-t instagram uh get me on there ask me for my snapchat if you want it and yeah, um, never feel free to reach me on DM. I'm active with that. I'm always engaging with my followers. You already know. You guys know this. And go blue. And thank you so much for having me on. Go blue. Thanks. Go blue. Go blue. I pull up. Like. How you pull up, baby? How you pull up? How you pull up? I pull up, stuff in the kitchen, let's go Brand new Lamborghini, fuck a cop car With a pistol on my hip like I'm a cop Have you ever met a real nigga rock star? This ain't no guitar, bitch, this a clock My Glock told me to promise you gon' squeeze me
safe to say I earned it, ain't a nigga gave me nothing. I'm ready to hop out on a nigga, get the bus. Know you heard me say you play, you late, don't make me push the butt. Full of pain, dropped enough tears to fill up a fucking buck. Going for buckets, I bought a chopper. I got a big drum to hold a hundred. Ain't going for nothing, I'm ready to air it out on all these niggas. I can see I'm running. Just talk to my mom, she hit me on FaceTime just to check up on me and my brother. I'm really the baby, she know that the youngest son was always guaranteed to get the money. Okay, let's go. She know that the baby boy was always guaranteed to get the loot. She know what I do, she know if I run from a nigga, I'ma pull it out and shoot. PTSD, I'm always waking up a cold sweats like I got the flu. My daughter a G, she saw me kill a nigga in front of her before the age of two. And I'd kill another nigga too. Before I let another nigga do something to you. As long as you know that, don't let nobody tell you different how they love you. Let's go. Brand new Lamborghini, fuck a cop car. Put a pistol on my hip like I'm a cop. Have you ever met a real nigga rock star? This ain't no guitar, bitch, this a clock. 